This message comes from NPR sponsor Xfinity. Some things are slow, like snail races. Other things are fast, like Xfinity XFi. Get fast speeds, even when everyone is online. Working to make Wi-Fi simple, easy, awesome. More at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. If you're like us, you spend a lot of time worrying about spoilers. And this is particularly bad on Monday, the day after Breaking Bad is on. I watch it after the fact, and so I am constantly afraid that someone is going to say something that is going to ruin my viewing experience. So we actually have a solution. It's a home spoiler-proofing kit. We're cutting out uh, little signs. They say, I haven't watched blank yet. Please no spoilers. I'm attaching that to a headband and wearing it so when people look at me, they know not to talk. Exactly, and if you want to look less like an idiot, we have a smaller version that you can just tape to your uh, lapel or breast pocket that says, Hi, I haven't watched, uh, mine says, Bones yet. Please no spoilers. So we've even made up a home spoiler-proofing kit for you. You can download it, cut it out, and uh, and make the rest of your TV-watching life safe and secure. You can find that at howtodoeverything.org. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. On today's show, we have some tips on how to get out of jury duty. And we also have a toilet of the week. But first, this is from the BBC. Now, what you're about to hear, this is a really amazing feat uh, of news reading. This, this was done live. The authorities in Hawaii are changing the format of the island's ID cards because of complaints by a woman whose 35-letter surname wouldn't fit. Janice K. Hani Kahihuliye whose traditional Hawaiian name comes from her late husband, said she would never consider using a shortened version because she loved the Polynesian culture. Ms. K. Hani Kahihuliye also rejected suggestions that she could use her maiden name, Worth. So how do you get ready for a challenge like that, reading a 35-letter name? The hero who did it, who you just heard reading, is on the line with us now. His name is Neil Sleet. So, first of all, Neil, we're we're both very impressed with your work. <laughs> I think I think I was lucky. <laughs> Afterwards, I thought to myself, "Why did I agree to do this? It's live. If I get it wrong, it's going to be very, very embarrassing." How long did you have to prepare uh, before you had to read that that story? I had about forty minutes, and in the first ten minutes, I managed to find on the internet the lady herself pronouncing her name, so that helped. And then I spent another 10 minutes writing it down in a form that I knew I could use on air, uh, and then I had another 20 minutes to, to kind of rehearse it. Is, is, it uh, is her name the, the most challenging name you've ever had to say? I think it is, actually. It, it definitely is. On, it's certainly the most challenging one I've ever had to do on air. And did you, in that moment, did anyone come up to you afterwards? Uh, I mean, I just imagine there would be applause in the control booth once you got through with that. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, self-operated, uh, the news studio, so I was in there on my own. And I walked out expecting the editor to be there going, well done. And uh, he looked at me and I went, I raised my eyebrow and he said, "Ah, oh, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you wrote it out... Uh, in in a way that would make it easier for you to read. What what did that word look like? <laughs> it was on two lines, um, and it was. Let me just count them. I've got it here. Um, eight words, uh, four on each line. Uh, so, Kahana, Iku, Kawa, Kahi was on the first line. Um, hula, Hie, Kahau, Naele. 
So really, when you split it up like that, it's not too hard. So prior to this to this name, was there a word, a uh, phrase, or name that uh, you recall being uh, difficult or particularly uh, unique? Yeah. Uh, well, there was the the Icelandic volcano, famously, a few years ago. That was pretty challenging. Um, you probably uh, remember it. It was uh, many letters. It looks like it should be Aja Fajalla Jukul or something like that, but it's actually just Eyjafjallajökull. Whoa, wow. kind of easier than it looks, really. That wasn't. That didn't sound easy. <laughs> what did you just do? I thought the <laughs> tape sounded like it went backwards for a second there. <laughs> Yeah, you put the tape in the recorder backwards, that's how it's done. Yeah, uh, and it might surprise you that, for example, until President Clinton came along, I don't think most British people knew how to pronounce Arkansas. Really? I, I think most people would have said Arkansas. Huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I certainly heard that once or twice until people got used to the idea. Oh, among British broadcasters. Yeah, sure. Huh. Yeah. Do you have a, a lot of uh, British actors come over to the States and then play American characters? And they do it, and it's very convincing. Do you have a convincing American impression or an impression of an American accent? Are you going to ask me to do one? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I guess I'd probably talk like that. Rather than, rather than how I talk. Yeah, you see, I can't do it. No, can't that, do it. <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> okay, well, well, here's a challenge. Uh, uh -oh. In an American accent, how would you pronounce this woman's name who uh, couldn't get the Hawaiian driver's license that she wanted? Oh, oh, really? Um, I don't know. Would it be different, I guess? Let's have a go. Kehane That's close. Yeah, I think so. It was maybe a little like a surfer dude, the way you <laughs> said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can hear what you're saying. <laughs> At some point in in every person's life, uh, they're called to jury duty, and if this happens to you, you're gonna want to get out of it. On the line with us now is lawyer and writer Kevin. Underhill. So, Kevin, you, you kind of keep keep track of the various ways people try and get out of jury duty. Um, so, so what's uh, what's one place to start? Yeah, well, here's one that I hadn't. Um, here's one I just saw. It says a two th in 2008 in the Bronx, a uh, woman said she couldn't serve on a murder case because she had been a murder victim herself. Which. <laughs> 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 I gotta confirm that one, but that's great. Yeah. Well, I think most people, their goal is to get off the jury, right? Right. So, like, and one of the other questions that I think they've at they ask you when you're in the box there is what your profession is, right, or how do you spend your time during the day? Right. Yeah. Well, one thing is if you are, for example, if you happen to be a lawyer, that's not a disqualifier technically, but it will almost certainly get you excused from the jury. So, for example, I mean, I've never, I have never been on a jury. I've been called, obviously, several times, but I've never been, uh, I've never actually served. So going, so if I wanted to get out of jury duty, I could just go to law school. Right, that's what I was going to suggest. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> most people are not willing to go to that <laughs> extreme or spend that much money, but that is one good way. You know, if your goal is to never be on a jury in your entire life, you could get a law degree. What if you just watched a lot of the, the law parts of the law of a Law & Order episode? <laughs> Would that help? Yeah, well, 
I think it would help if you expressed a strong belief that that is reality. You know, for example, then, you know, somebody who believed that, they'd, they'd think that jury service lasted 30 minutes, I assume. There was a guy in Oregon, and this is in 2009, and 25-year-old guy, and he was called, sat on the jury, and he was there, I guess, until about lunchtime. Uh, and then he just left. And when you do that, uh, they do they will send a uh, send the sheriff out to find out what's going on. Really? And the sheriff showed up and uh, and he told the sheriff he left because he was quote extremely bored <laughs> and, and quote just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> so I mean, most people it is boring. Most people can at least last through a full day. Can you uh, can you get by with uh, a religious objection? You know. What we've seen several times is is somebody coming in claiming to be Jesus Christ. They say they're Jesus Christ. And sometimes they have actually legally changed their name to Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Which I don't know if that's, I don't know if that works more in your favor or not. I mean, and, I, I guess like omnipotence, it would be a good quality in a juror, but um, a bottomless capacity for forgiveness is maybe not what, what you want in a juror. Yeah, well, you know, it depends which side you're on. Well, this is great. Thank you, Kevin. Sure. Sure. Glad to be here. Kevin Underhill writes the legal blog LoweringTheBar.net. We got a note from Juniper. She says she listens to our podcast while taking pictures of things she's selling on eBay. Juniper, these next 15 seconds are for you. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad by all of the things I never had. What what are you picturing that that Juniper is selling on eBay? I would think like a lot of vases. Yeah, like a lot of like pottery that she's received as gifts. I'm imagining imitation uh, Hummel figurines. Not even real ones. Nope. Juniper's trying to get away with something. I see my name in shiny lights. Yeah, a different city every night. We're still collecting your toilets. You can send them to us at howto@npr.org. Joe, tell us about your toilet. <laughs> So on my way to uh, Champaign-Urbana a couple of months ago, I discovered about an hour south of there the two-story outhouse. How does that work? (laughs) Well, believe it or not, this thing was built back in like the late 1800s. It used to be attached, I guess, to like a a storefront, and then the storefront was torn down, but the local city official decided it was more important to to save and preserve the two-story outhouse. (laughs) Wow. And when you look at the pictures... It makes you think that you'll be kind of, you know, dropping a bomb on your buddies below you. But right. when you go inside, they're technically the seats are offset just enough. And then there's a built-in sort of a channel, I guess. So you can't actually see anything descending past you if you're in the bottom end. But you can hear it all go by. So people still use this thing? Well, unfortunately, no. Because it's sort of under a preservation <laughs> site, it's locked up all the time. And I was really disappointed because I actually had to go when I went to visit the place, and it was completely locked up. And I was I was willing to sit in the bottom end just to use it, but uh, yeah, it's all padlocked. But you can get postcards and pictures taken with it. And I took a took a special trip just to see this place. Well, what'd you, so Joe, what'd you do then? Because you had to go to the bathroom. That place was off limits. What what did you uh, do? I went to like the there's like a local gas station and I, I literally just went running in there and when I came out I you know, I, I told the guys I'm like oh man I'm I'm glad you guys were here I, I needed to go to the you know two story outhouse and he's like 
Uh, from around here, nobody uses that thing anymore. He's like, we get people in here all the time who literally held it just so that they could use the two-story outhouse, not knowing that it's just a landmark now. Well, congratulations, Joe. You have this week's Toilet of the Week. I figured I'd get two because it was a double-decker. Yeah, we'll, we'll play it again for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That does it for today's show. What we learned today, Mike? Well, I learned that I have so many different options of getting out of jury duty, several of which will actually end up with me in jail. Yeah, mo- most of them. Yeah. Would you, do you think actually going to jail would be better than being in a jury? You'd probably get a chance to work out. Mm-hmm. You'd meet some new people. A lot more freedom to talk. Yep. Free outfit. Orange is your color. I'm a fall. I learned that British English speakers uh, often get mixed up and say Ar- Arkansas instead of Arkansas. I often say I'm not in Arkansas anymore. I feel like we should uh, maybe as a service to our... Uh, friends across the pond we should just be consistent so we should stick with arkansas but we should call kansas kansas and kansas city that's my that's one of my favorite teams is the kansas city royal how to do everything is produced by blythe Haga with technical direction from lorna white our intern this week is morgan shirley not to be confused with financial giant morgan stanley get us your questions at how to at npr.org. Our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, while we have you here, mm. one of our jobs is we, uh, part of our job is we go through kind of reading all the newspapers uh, in the world every day. Um, and occasionally we'll come aco- uh, across a headline in a British paper, mm. which is so filled with British English that we cannot interpret what it means. Ah, okay. So this one is from the Mirror. Bubblegum called Camel Balls, sold to girl, seven, gives mum the hump. <laughs> what does give, gives mum the hump mean? Oh, okay. Um, to give you the hump, to be cross, to be annoyed. Oh, oh. the, the mum was upset. Yeah, to, get, to give you the hump. Oh, that gave me the hump, yes. All right, here's another, here's another headline. This says, uh, tuba player, bonnet bonk, wrecked my car. So that's a quote from... A tuba player. Bonnet bonk. Ah, it sounds like two people were probably getting a bit fresh on the one. Well, now, what do you call the bonnet of a car? The front part. The hood. That's the hood. Yeah. yeah. The hood. Okay, bonnet is hood. So, yeah, that could do some damage. I expect.